El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I'd come on this show to defend those opinions. But now I don't really do any of that shit. I just do a bunch of shows. Joining me today, he is the co-host of the Best Bad Movie Ever podcast, which you can hear right damn here on the Unpops Podcast Network. He's also got a network of his own called Gamefully Unemployed. You should check that out too. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Ryman. Also joining me, he is Time Magazine's nicest person of the year for 14 years running. He's also a fantastic comic who you should check out telling jokes sometime. Or you should just listen to him on the Cracked Podcast, which he is the host of. Or maybe you could do both of those things. You have time. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Schmidt. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. You made a lot of decisions there. Is that, yeah, is that, that's the whole show? That's how we're doing <laughs> that's, it? That's how I talk now <laughs> when I record a podcast. Oh, wow, Westworld. Oh, wow. That way, if I say something later on that I want edited back into now, it doesn't sound weird if it's all weird. Yeah. yeah. What if like you started talking that way all the time, but then the robot voice at the beginning was a lot more fluent now? It's really oh, cool yeah. and like, smooth. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be bad. I, I used the robot voice last week for an episode. Just because I, we're just now in the new studio, and even then only halfway. And last week, I forgot to record the intro and then packed all the recording shit up and yeah. was like, I'm not putting all that back together. <laughs> yeah, outsource it to the machines. Yeah. yeah. So That's what they're there for. I just let the robots do it. I pay good money for those robot voices so we don't get sued. And uh, yeah, why not put those motherfuckers to work? Yeah. So this is, this is going to be fun. We have guests here today. Thank God. <laughs> oh, I hate. Oh, and Brett's here. I didn't even say that. Hey, it's hey. Brett. It's old Bretty Boy From Raider. Television. <laughs> TV's Brett Raider. <laughs> yes. Online dramas, Brett Raider. I don't know why. Online, just drama. Television. You know. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Alex Schmidt's here. Hey, it's great to be here. Yeah, thank you for doing it. And Tom Ryman. Hello. You all, yeah, everyone knows you two. Yeah. I feel like everyone in the world knows me. Literally every single human. Every single person in the world. Right. (laughs) Alex, of course, from the Cracked Podcast and other things in life. Yeah, sure. Boy, I'm being weird today. (laughs) You are. (laughs) The vibe is, like, very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still getting... I'm like a a pet getting used to the new The new new space has really thrown you off your game. Hey, Adam, how are you doing this week? (laughs) I'm all right. You know, the hardest (laughs) part of the show for me... It was the first few minutes I was a good call. Because I spend all that time asking everyone else what's going on in their life when all I really want to do is talk about what I've been up to since last week. And that's why we call this segment This Week in Me. And it's about to get really fucking intense. Oh, yeah. Right there. You hear it? Did you hear I do. how I hear it the intensity, got yeah. intense yeah. after I had said it's going to get intense? Yeah, happens every time. I predict it every time. And this and this is an intense topic. Maybe that's part of the vibe going in, you know? Hit it, Brett. No. It's <laughs> in the middle of hitting it. Come on. You can't hitception. You there, can't do it. There's rules to hitting it. Uh, yeah, we do have a really heavy, heavy topic this week. And we have a new light-up topic board for the studio, but I didn't have time to put our topic on it for this week so there the, look forward to that on instagram in the future i think it's i mean it just says 9-11 and i think that's appropriate it says 9-11 it, right now if i'd had time to to make it relevant today it would say mass shootings right it would be flashing and very festive well, colors both <laughs> both of those <laughs> both 9-11 and mass shootings are sort of like catch-alls like it's sort of like having hanging up a, a little piece of art that says bless this mess like you can just hang this up in your house yeah. at any time and it will always be relevant <laughs> yeah or just a sign that says party yeah <laughs> people know. People know what's happening in that room. So yeah, we're we're talking about mass shootings today. We're talking about mental health, but I also want to touch on something that was 
really important to me as a kid or that was really in the news a lot when I was a kid, which was post office mass shootings. Yeah. I think everyone has heard the term going postal before. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that term. And it's because a lot of fucking mass shootings happened at post office offices in a very compact amount of time. And I think the way they fixed it, I mean, they did, you obviously can't fix it forever. But I think the solution they came up with is really interesting. So we'll get into that, too. Yeah, I, I forgot this was such a phenomenon until you emailed it. And then I was like, oh, right. There were like 10 years of this happening all the time. I right. <laughs> and it was like once or twice a year. It was yeah. crazy. It was so firmly in the lexicon. You know, you can go back and watch old comedies where they're like, I'm going like a postal worker. You know, you know like. Yeah. Yeah. The movie Clueless, it comes up. Like They said, uh, I guess Clueless is one of the first places that made it like a national thing. It was first, the term was first coined in. I think the New York Times or the LA Times, one or the other, but then it took Clueless to make it. As yeah, with well, so many things in the 90s, it took Clueless to really put it on right. our radar. Paul good. Rudd going postal. Right. <laughs> that scene where Paul Rudd shoots up the post office. Right. Clueless. Yeah. <laughs> While wearing flannel. Yeah. Right. Of course, they drew that from the original Jane Austen novel, Emma, <laughs> that Clueless is based on. So, right. You know, right. It goes right. back a ways. Where uh, Paul Rudd shoots up a post office. <laughs> Also in the original book. In the Jane Austen novel. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. And I want to talk about kind of the the current discussion around mass shootings right now. And sort of, uh, I, don't, I, I want to talk about mental health and mass shootings especially. I read a Politico article. It was from January 2017. And the headline says, don't blame mental health for mass shootings. Blame men. And man, that... That feels problematic. That's a bad headline. That's a very bad headline. Hey, I am a man. Well, that's the whole thing. It's, <laughs> hey, like I get the sentiment, like most, you know, most mass shootings are carried out by men. Most suicides involving guns are carried out by men. Yes. Women, I'm just going to say it, they're not as good with guns. No, that's well. not. <laughs> I mean, most <laughs> most murders are carried out by men. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a a, a, a huge because we uh, kill it, bro. Link between <laughs> men and violent crime. Yeah, there's. I mean, and it has a lot to do with the way men are socialized. Right. So why not say that? in the headline because bro you get you know this you get like 160 characters yeah. in a headline it's the biz man <laughs> but you know this and it, so half but yeah, of the characters terrible. have to be devoted to x crazy reasons exactly. why yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly and then yeah what you have to say it's it's, it's I, simple you need to say something terrible in the headline in exchange for a few clicks and make society worse it's yes. that's the way it works yeah. i just think it's so i think it's a really dangerous and counterproductive way to approach yeah gun violence <laughs> yeah. to just say all right what one group can we blame that is a- this on none there is not one group that's re- especially the well i mean you when you start to break <laughs> it down with particularly with mass shootings now it there is one group it's it's uh it's young white men predominantly right and a lot of that but- is being radicalized online. This is a whole. I mean, it's a very, very nuanced discussion that doesn't. That that well, that's that what, headline is terrible. That's what frustrates me about that headline. Yeah, is the first thing it says. It, like it brings up right in the first paragraph. We need to start having a more nuanced discussion about this. And your headline is, is blame, blame men. men. <laughs> so all and, of them, and not just blame men, but don't blame mental health. That's irresponsible as shit to me to say. No, mental health has nothing. To do with gun violence. That's absurd. Right, because it is a mental health issue that is specific. It's more a mental health issue than a male issue. Right, but it's... (laughs) It's weird. They overlap. It's it's a it's a it's specific to men because of the way that men are socialized and thir- certain things that are encouraged from young men and and behaviors and stuff that it's just like you know hundreds of years of society has just taught you like this is what a man is. This is what you deserve as a man. This is what it means when you succeed as a man. This is what it means when you fail as a man. And there's so much like movies books uh you know this popular culture and history reinforce the idea of violence being how you 
as a man, you take back things that have been denied you. Literally every movie trailer or even TV, not literally every, a big portion of them have the words like, it's a war. Like, it's between good and evil. And, like, they just frame everything as, like, this is, like, the end of times war. This is people pushed to their absolute limit trying to get what they deserve or something like that. It's just, yeah. and it's, it's just, it's like a weirdly high stakes for, you know, it's just another movie it's about a lot of trolls ra- yeah. punching but other trolls. There's a lot of righteous like anger <laughs> and we, we so glamorize righteous anger oh, and yeah. we're teaching young men, particularly in pocket, like the internet was a very bad invention, um, but there's, a, there's so many ways for young men to get, radicalized now because it used to be that what was the thing that everybody said when like there was a crazy ass serial killer also mostly white men they'd always be like oh he was so quiet he would just kept to himself like that's yeah. like the cliche but it's like now you have this network you know the the internet you know everybody's got like five different devices that connect that can connect you to any other person on the planet so all these people find each other but yeah, and I and stoke I one hundred percent agree yeah. with that. And I wonder, are people willing to say, okay, well, a little bit of a crackdown on the internet is what's in order? I don't know like, because it kind of is. Yeah, like what? <laughs> like what? What is the other? Like if and I believe that's true. I believe there yeah. are people getting radicalized online in a lot of ways. Yeah. What's the alt? Then what do you do? Do you crack down on the internet? Or do you monitor the internet and do you go reach out to those people who seem like they're getting radicalized and see if you can intervene first? Or do you just wait for them to shoot up a school and call them incel fucks and tweet about it and think, I'm helping? Like, it's cool that we've identified one facet of the problem, but now what? Like, yeah. do we crack down on the internet? <laughs> There's, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of it's access, you know? It's every, I think every single point that people tend to shout, most points, uh, tend to shout every time there's a mass shooting, are all valid. It's just, they're not the only, like, they're all together, they're all valid. So it's like, it's a mental health issue. Yes, it is. Access to mental health care is definitely an issue. It's a gun issue. Yes, it is. Access right. to guns is a huge issue. And, you know, it's a it's a radicalization issue. Yes, it is. It's the access to these forums where you get, it's just these echo chambers. If, you if you've ever taken a look at, like, incel message boards or any place where a lot of these guys end up coming from it is fucking insane like it is so poisonous and insane i I don't read them i just found them all right i just launch them (laughs) yeah i just believe what they say i get them sweet sweet ad clicks yeah i'm a pusher i'm not a user you know what i mean yeah come on i just promote my podcast (laughs) yeah it is it's pretty baffling once you dig into it exactly what some of these people believe but also it seems like it's tricky too because you don't want to try to solve the problem by demonizing any one group like that. Like that Politico article is almost bouncing us from the demonizing the mentally ill to demonizing men, which right. is, neither station was any good. We need to like spread this out into everyone has some problems. Also, you can legitimately recognize statistics that say it's overwhelmingly white men. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I feel like you don't like blame just that. That's crazy. Right. You go yeah. further than that. You go like, okay, why is that? Right, right. And yeah, the article's not even... At one point, she says, of the 96 mass shootings committed since 1982, all but two were committed by men. And then in parentheses, most of them were white. And just going off really easy to access information, uh, Lori Dan, 1988, the Winnetka Elementary School shooting, Jennifer San Marco, 2006, Galetta Post Office shooting, Amy Bishop, University of Alabama shooting, 2010, uh, Latina Williams, Louisiana Technical College shooting, 2008, and Tashfeen Malik, who was one of the San Bernardino shooters in 2015. That's a minimum of five. And then if you want to go, and she was talking about just since 82, if you want to go a couple years back, 79, Brenda Spencer, the Cleveland Elementary School shooting. And then there's Nassim Ogdam, who shot up YouTube, but just didn't hit anyone. Did she not? I thought she injured some people. She injured a couple people, but she didn't kill anyone. This illustrates another enormous problem, which is that there's no centralized 
data collection on gun violence because right. you're not allowed to. Like the CDC yeah, is not yeah. allowed yeah. to research gun violence. So it's like, and man, maybe start there yeah. for a thing to be outraged about. Yeah. Start with that shit. So yeah. it's like what is and isn't considered a mass shooting is like nebulous, and it shouldn't be. Well, and I also feel like both sides of the gun issue have a trouble with stats, and the pro-gun side, it's just in an objectively terrible way where they prevent research, and that really sucks. But the anti-gun side also, like, we need to not completely discount a stat that says, oh, mostly white men do the shootings. We need to say, okay, that is the stat that we found, so fine, and let's not take the giant leap that it's all white men are And also, you know... (laughs) Uh, I've brought it up before, but just focusing on mass shootings is problematic as fuck. Because, for one thing, it's going to put a minor dent in gun violence statistics in this country. Right. It's most. It's a very, it's a very small amount of, of the deaths for gun violence per year but, in mass shootings. But why yeah. is this the gun violence thing that white people especially are so up in arms about? You know. Yeah, you know we, do, we do all know. <laughs> and it's like, that's a, that's a fucking problem. Right. Like, when you, when you want to say, oh, no, it's just white men. Okay, well, we all live in Los Angeles where there has been a literal war happening in a certain part of this city for about 20 years. Like, tens of thousands of people have died in South Central Los Angeles due to gun violence. But... Right. But it's individual. But that doesn't hit people at country music festivals. So, (laughs) like, why do we have to worry about that? And it just seems disingenuous to me to only focus on mass shootings or to even start with mass shootings. I don't know if disingenuous is the right word. It's not fair. Um, Right. But I think it's... It sucks. But it's very very hard to get meaningful legislation passed when... You're talking about something that that overwhelmingly affects minority communities, right? That's, it is a it's bullshit, but it's unfortunately true, right? So yeah. starting with mass shootings to get meaningful gun legislation passed sucks. But I mean, hey, this is there's always some. I mean, you can look at. I don't want to cite any off the top of my head because I'm going to get them wrong. But I feel like every time there's a major legislative push. In, in an area of, like, civil rights or in an area like, like this. It's yeah. always some case that affects white people. <laughs> it's got to affect, like, yeah. middle-class white people, and then they'll listen. Yeah, that's probably how we got mandatory minimums for crack. Like, when Len Bias died and the Celtics' ownership was like, Fuck! This! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Well, and also, and I, because I'm way into like sports being a microcosm for culture and stuff, but it's also really frustrating whenever something is finally an issue to most people, especially white people, when it affects an athlete. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, oh, the Celtics wasted a draft pick. We got to fix this. Like, no, come on. And yeah, one of the other things, like, this article also argues that most mass shootings don't involve mental health. And I'm really curious if that means, oh, they were found competent to stand trial at some point. Because some legitimately crazy fucking people have been allowed to stand trial. James Holmes is fucking nuts. Oh, that's the Joker guy, right? And he was found competent to stand trial. So is there no mental health issues in his story? But I I would also argue that maybe like having the desire to kill like a bunch of people at a movie theater is a mental, a mental health, health issue, issue no matter what like yeah right like that we should be considering that a mental health issue regardless of whether yeah. or not you can competently um be represented in in trial or not like yeah. we should do, that's not an all right behavior no like i know it's the land and of it, the free but like that's not a that should not be elite that's not a, a behavior that and we should ha- condone yeah so we say that is meant that's a mental health issue it has you want to, to do that you're mentally ill <laughs> right well i mean because it has to do with your mental health it, yeah. part of it's your emotional health like you can't I admit mean, this is a minefield to walk into online because you know a lot of people have mental health issues so if people get very very defensive when you connect mental health and violence in any kind of oh, way. oh well a lot of men are men imagine how i feel when you go blame <laughs> men sure and it's like I have mental health issues and I'm a man. Right, but like me- saying some what? talking about somebody's mental health is not the same as calling somebody mentally ill and it's also not the same 
as well maybe but, it's it's more it's not saying it's a mental health issue doesn't also it's not this it's not synonymous with insane right and i don't know that anyone's saying that like i think there's a distinction think, that I gets think, made whether in i think people do it in their minds a lot like people get way fucking offended when you try to say it's a mental health issue it's like well mental health people who have mental health problems well, probably because they're mentally unstable right. but they that <laughs> statistic that it's like well there are most more often to be victims of violent crime and it's like yeah 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 but that doesn't mean there's not like it's, it's it a, seems selfish to me yeah. to to say oh well i have bipolar too so don't you dare try to link mental health right to mass shootings it's like it stops the conversation it's like that's like saying you know Connor mcspadden is kind of autistic and he's also one of the smartest funniest fucking people i know but then there's a whole broad spectrum of autism and acknowledging Connor McSpadden's autism doesn't diminish the autism of someone on the extreme side sure. of the spectrum any more than saying, well, this person who shot up this club might be mentally ill, but yes, you're all, you also have mental health issues of your own that are a completely different thing. The two aren't necessarily related. It's just very dangerous to take mental health out of the equation when like it's obviously part of it right like another line i took issue with in this article this is a quote james oliver huberty shot up a california mcdonald's in 1984 that that name that's all he was ever gonna do oh yeah for sure uh (laughs) continue james oliver huberty shot up a california mcdonald's in 1984 after his business ventured ventures failed What she's leaving out of that, and one of the most commonly known aspects of that particular shooting, is he spent hours on the phone the day before trying to check himself into a mental health facility. Mm. And he was kept on hold, and eventually someone said, we'll call you back, and they never called him back. Why didn't anybody take him? Because this was... Oh, this well is the mm, It was yep. well into the deinstitutionalization yep. era where we just decided, oh, we don't need all these beds for people Fuck with it, mental illness. Fuck it, let illnesses. them out. And let them out right. into the streets. And that's why there's so many homeless crazy people now. There's, there's a documentary. Like, the other thing when people are like, don't say it's mental illness. There's a documentary on HBO right now called A Dangerous Son that every fucking body should watch. And it's, there is... Mental health is a broad spectrum. And we're saying, when people say, hey, maybe uh, some of these shootings are mental health related, they're not talking about L.A. comics who do 25 minutes about depression yeah. <laughs> uh, at every show and think that means you know they're everything that encompasses mental health. It's a broad spectrum. Watch this documentary. These are kids who at 9, 10 years old cannot help but punching the shit out of their sister in the backseat. And I mean closed fist punches to the face. And these parents go out and try to get help. One of these kids finally got admitted to an inpatient mental health program into one of the 150 available beds in Washington State. The, Mm. The entire state has 150 beds available for inpatient it's the population mental health. Of Washington, it's more than like 200, right? It's like 201. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's like 205. <laughs> right. But yeah, like like that's Seattle. There's so many huge yeah. five million? cities. Seven point five. Seven point five. Not, right now, that's yeah, not enough year. beds for the cast of Grey's Anatomy. That's you yeah, know what it's I mean? not like, enough beds like... for LA comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's Washington. That's a bigger state with some bigger populations. Imagine a place like South Dakota or North Dakota where I'm a, it's probably like 50, 60 beds. And this used to be a thing. You used to just be able to go, my mom did it when I was a kid. I don't know how she found a fucking bed. But she called the hospital and was like, I have Valium and a gun and my daughter is really acting up and I might do some shit if you don't come get me. And they came and got her. And oh, we're all alive now, except my dad, who died of liver failure when I was 17, like an idiot. But the rest of us pulled through. And, like, that documentary really shows the difference between, like, one of these kids is ob- in this documentary is literally obsessed with James Holmes. And he's obsessed with the idea of whether he's 
as bad as James Holmes? Is he going to eventually shoot up a school? And imagine living with that in your head all the time and not your parents try as hard as they might and you can't get any fucking help. And then a mass shooting happens and we'll just call this kid an incel fuck who didn't get the dates he wanted or something. Like, how about we treat his fucking problems and not let it get to that point? What if there were 300 beds? Would that... Like, because especially this one California in 1984 story, I'm thinking, like, there there are multiple people to blame for there not being enough beds. There's President Ronald Reagan. There's yeah. California Governor Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's like, just two of them. Uh, <laughs> but it, they're only, if just a few key people in government wanted to make that happen, it kind of could. You know what I mean? Like, if we had a president and a couple key legislators push for it, they could probably get enough people on board. Or if a celebrity just went to the White House and asked. Yeah, if Kim Kardashian <laughs> goes back and asks. Yeah. That's clearly a, a strategy we need to try. Like, I mean, kind of for real, yeah. Yeah, and what <laughs> and would he, it? Like, Trump is doing that with the NFL players who are protesting police violence. They're like, he's like, oh, come to me. Oh, I see what you guys are doing. Just come to me, and I'll, I'll uh, Tell pardon me. your friends. Yeah, and that's he's like, why he's going to win in twenty twenty with the black vote. But that's a different podcast. <laughs> I think he literally just found out what pardoning is, and is just he keeps yeah. trying to pardon everything. Yeah, because he didn't he try to pardon Ali, who right. he didn't they're like. It. Yeah, he, he had charges like, dropped against him, and he's like, "Well, I'll pardon myself." And he's just like a kid who got a toy yesterday. Well, like, the, I'm I'm carrying this car around with me everywhere I go. What frustrates <laughs> me about that story is that's like I'm I I'm, I could pardon myself. It's like no, you can't. Department of Justice decided this when Nixon floated the same idea. Didn't stop me from seeing like a dozen op-ed things. Trump may be able to pardon himself, but this is why it's a bad thing. It's like no, he fucking can't. He cannot. Let's not. Act like he could and try to, like, have a hot take on what that could mean. I think we should worry more about what (laughs) to do when he does. When he does do it. Well, I know what will happen. Senators McCain and Flake will will tweet some very very disappointing. They'll be very disappointed in him on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Man, the on-camera frowns. But they, they will yeah, have they, w- they won't really look for any action. Um. But they'll be very disappointed on Twitter. <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's get back to mass shootings. Let's get sure. back to the fun stuff. Oh, finally. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, people should watch A Dangerous Son just to realize that sometimes... Alex Smith is the da- most dangerous of sons. Alex Smith? Oh, the quarterback? Schmidt. Oh, no, oh. you. <laughs> oh, God. It's so late. <laughs> oh. like, how did he come up? The guy on the Washington football team? <laughs> All right. <laughs> the Washington sports skins? Because <laughs> mm. the thing about that documentary, even if you're bothered by people saying, oh, it's a mental health issue, would it really bother you if there were maybe 300 beds in Washington State? Like, what if we just doubled the number of beds in every state and see how it goes? Like, yeah. even if maybe, – maybe it will have no impact on mass shootings, and you're right. And we can take to execute, executing <laughs> newborn white males well, I, sure. I, at the hospital. We should treat it like we treat roads, bridges, fire departments. Like It's a basic, basic service that government should provide and use taxes for, like, to have a functioning society. Like, right, none of this stuff – should be run for profit. Yeah, <laughs> like, it shouldn't be for profit, and it shouldn't be treated as optional. Like it should, we don't treat it the same way. We if you if you grab the average libertarian on the street and said, "What do you think are essential government services?" Mental health would not be in the top twenty things they bring up if no. they bring up twenty things. Mm. But they should. They should indeed. So let's talk about the post office. I was like in my teens, in you know, like tweens, mm-hmm. like these post office shootings. They really started happening around, when was that first one? 86. So I would have been 10 when this really became a thing. And I listed a couple of the bigger or more memorable ones here. But between 1970 and 1997, more than 40 people were killed in workplace violence incidents at post offices in the United States. Majority of those deaths were concentrated in between the years 86 and 92 that's what going postal means. That's where the phrase comes from. It was because of that span of about five or six years where it was just happening all the time. And then it just kind of stopped. Like there were some of the, the bigger shootings. I'll go through them because who doesn't want to hear all this? 
Uh, there was one in 86 in Edmond, Oklahoma. Uh, 14 employees were shot and killed. Six were wounded at the Edmond, Oklahoma post office by Patrick Sherrill, a postman who then committed suicide with a shot to the forehead. Uh, Ridgewood, New Jersey, 1991. A former United States postal worker, Joseph Harris, killed his former supervisor and killed her boyfriend at their home the following morning on October 10th. Harris shot and killed two male handlers at the Ridgewood post office. And there's a couple more. There were two in Royal Oak, Michigan in 1991. I won't read all the details. And then two happened on the same day in 1993. May 6th, 1993, a few hours apart at a post office in Dearborn, Michigan. Lawrence Jason wounded three and killed one, subsequently killed himself. And in Dana Point, California, Mark Richard Hilbin killed his mother and her dog. Come on, dude. Then shot two postal workers dead. And as a result of these two shootings in 1993, the USPS created 85 workplace environment analysts for its 85 postal districts. And these new positions were created to help with violence prevention and workplace improvement. And that part is important. There's a really good... We'll talk about it a little bit more, but what I want to talk about is what the post office did to fix this and how they approached it. Because it is actually not completely unlike what's happening with mass shootings today, especially the part where going into this study, there was a huge sector of the post office union who was like, you're going to blame one group because – All of these shootings, all of these post office shootings, predominantly committed by Vietnam War vets. Wait, the the post office union said, make sure you blame one group? No, they were. Wait, wait, wait. wait, We think you're going to. They were worried. The post office union was worried that this investigation was going to go in and And just blame it on Vietnam veterans and be like, well, I guess we can't hire Vietnam vets anymore. Those are people who were also denied support, particularly (laughs) mental health support. Once they got out of the army, we're still denying people mental health support yeah. when they're done through the army. Yeah, yeah. it's what "Born in the decades. USA" is about, baby. Yeah, don't you go thinking that's a patriotic song? That and oh, <laughs> I'm thinking about "Born of the Fortune." <laughs> yeah, Born that's on the what I thought. Yeah. I was thinking about Tom Cruise's goddamn legs. <laughs> there is one other article that I found while I was researching this because I was just wondering if anyone had any thoughts on why going postal stopped being a thing. And there's this article on azcentral.com where they argue that there's just so many workplace shootings and mass shootings now, we don't have time to think about it and categorize them like that. So we stop saying going postal. And fuck you, that's not why. It's because the post office actually kind of fixed mass shootings at the post office. Yeah. Well, and also that would be like saying we don't have the energy today to see most of the shootings happen at schools and bother to categorize them at school shootings. Right. You know, like we're not too busy to say they're that. Right. We're on top of it. That's a weird (laughs) argument. Yeah. But what happened with mass shootings and the post office, I'll put a link to the actual report that they came out with. But what they did is they used the Postal Inspection Service. Did anyone know the post office has its own law enforcement wing? I didn't know there were 85 districts to it. I'm learning a lot. Yeah, no, I'm I didn't just know stoked any of about this. like post office logistics. You know, this is pretty cool. <laughs> I'm actually like really kind of keyed in and, and sort of like plugged <laughs> into lots of Hollywood stuff. So I know that there's like a post office CSI coming out next year on CBS. Is there so really? I knew it. No, that's all, all, <laughs> joke. all this is bullshit. I got real excited. <laughs> CSI USPS. <laughs> I would watch it. But yeah, the Postal Inspection Service, they're basically the law enforcement arm of the United States Postal Service. And after these two shootings happened on the same day in 1993, they sent the U.S. Postal Inspection Service basically into post office to start investigating and figuring out why all of this was happening. And here's the thing. There are people who argue that workplace shootings in general are sort of a protest against what working has become in this country. And sure, I think the post office is kind of a good example of that because what they found in this – and one thing the post office had going for them is they still had a very strong union – who was very much advocating for 
all right, investigate this, but make sure you investigate it honestly because some of these things are caused by you. And there's a reason people working for you are pulling off all of these mass shootings. And what they found was there were a lot of instances where the people who committed these mass shootings were working under supervisors who basically ran their departments like the military. And not just the military, a corrupt military, where they would hand out promotions to people they liked as opposed to people who actually deserved the promotions. Oh, man. And it was just a pervasive culture of kind of being shitty to people and treating them like dirt and also sort of cronyism where it was like, well, we like this guy, so we're going to give him the promotion even though you're that quiet, weird fuck who just comes to work and works really hard but then doesn't socialize enough and yeah. then goes home so we don't like you. Hey, I'm a quiet, weird fuck. Hey. Exactly. Hey, how much Me more am I going to be demonized today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't take it. And that was one of the things they found was that some of the contributing factors to this were <laughs> actually the conditions these people were working under. And they at least had a union to advocate for them. Most people don't Most people anymore. Don't, yeah. And what? that's also something we can thank both President Reagan and Governor Reagan for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, man, did he <laughs> gut labor unions. He in, really did. When they went country. on strike, he's like, you know what? You know what? You're all fired. Yeah. (laughs) Which was such a radical thing. People, like, we don't talk about it much, but that was... Just firing entire, like, legions of entire industry. Right. Just all the air traffic controllers out. And what's crazy is it was always an option. Whenever there was a strike, it it was always an option. But people were just like, what kind of shithead would do that? Right. But then when the president did it, every other company was like, Fuck you. We'll just hire new workers if you go on strike. And that's what led to the end of labor unions. So most people working under conditions like this don't have anyone to advocate for them. And the post office workers did. And that helped because it was an issue that both sides were very much on the same page. Wow, yeah. If you can believe it, both sides were like, hey – It'd be cool if people stopped shooting up the place every six months. <laughs> Let's work toward that. Well, I feel like also I'd be extra mad if my boss was being a military dictator type about the post office. Like, come on, we're doing mail. Like, yeah. chill right. out. It's I mean, fine. mail's important, sure, but <laughs> it's also mail. Right. If like, it's a day late, it's doing what mail does. Like, yeah. my, my mail's always late. It doesn't matter. Mail's important, but like... 30% of mail is important. <laughs> <laughs> right. The rest is like removing forests. You know, it's not a, not a big deal. Let's cut it down. Cut down on the mail, not cut down the forest. I'm pro-forest. So, yeah, they, they launched this investigation in 1993. They put all of these people in place. And basically, the, the 85 people they put in place, their job was to identify people who were at risk for initiating workplace violence and just going out and talking to them and saying, hey, you seem like that guy that's going to shoot the place up. You want to talk about it? And it sounds like a radical approach, but workplace shootings at the post office fucking fell off a cliff in 1993. Well, and they, so they talked to the like lower level employees who might do the shooting or the bosses who were driving them crazy? They started with the bosses. Okay, cool. The first thing they did was implement this training program for managers where they were like, hey, you're just a dude managing a post office. <laughs> right, like fucking like I said. take it easy, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> if someone's two minutes late, mail will still get delivered. Yeah. And that was a huge part of it. Like it was, a lot of it was the, the work conditions these people were operating under was literally driving them to fucking shoot up their workplace. Yeah. And, but it wasn't just that. There was mental health issues involved. There were a lot of different things involved. And this investigation, they, they, to their credit, they did a really good job of not singling one group out, which they could have just been like, yeah, yeah, we should stop hiring veterans, (laughs) which, (laughs) which on paper, would have been like, well, yeah, it's right. going to be like a 70% drop. We got to stop hiring veterans. Right. If Politico existed in that era, right. I would have said, blame veterans. Blame exactly. Which is like awful. And if you blame read, Rambo. If, 
Rambo, first class. <laughs> if you read through this report that they finally put out, and I'll put a link to it on the website, they address that very explicitly. They, they address the fact that the union was worried that they were going to single out veterans, and they were like, well, it hasn't been all veterans, so that would be a bad way to approach it. Right, because right. again, it's like, sure, it's like two-thirds veterans, so why is that? Like, we need right. to go further than... Right, you need to figure that out, but then you also need to figure out the one-third that aren't. Right. And, and what's going on with them. Maybe there's a correlation yeah. between yeah. those two groups. The other third aren't like a chill, acceptable minimum. <laughs> it's not like, well, you know, I mean, that many. Yeah, like spider Spillage. parts in your applesauce. Yeah, going to have a few mass shootings at the post office. <laughs> no, I feel like we don't have to. But I'll, I'll put the study up on the, the website so people can read through it. They did it in 1993, and... After that, the next post office mass shooting happens in 2006. So 13 years pass between this study and the wow. things they implemented and the next mass shooting at a post office, which was committed by a woman, by the way. Yeah. Neither here nor there. Shooting up a post office yeah. to own the libs. I mean, well, also, like, if there was a phenomenon of this at post offices and there's been a phenomenon of this at schools, like, do we just need to work through every common organization in towns? You know what I mean? Where it's, like, a high-stress job. and Do we need to just check on all of them and how their systems work? I don't think so it because it's been like... so decentralized. Maybe schools because a lot of them takes place in schools. Yeah. But then it's also, you know, like, James Holmes shot up a movie theater. So it's like, he was a movie theater guy, right? Yeah. yeah. But he didn't like work there or anything. No, right? he yeah, didn't work yeah, there. Yeah. But the thing is, a lot yeah. of these mass shootings that are carried out by dudes who are like 18, 19, who, yeah, they're out of high school. But what were they like in high school? And did we address it at all? Yeah. Or did we just let it fester and go, that motherfucker's going to shoot up a school somewhere? Right. No, I'm not disagreeing that having something, a program like this in schools would be useful because yeah. the people perpetrating this, these crimes are overwhelmingly very young, you know? Right. Yeah. But, I mean, it's maybe not that... I mean, schools are stressful while you're there. Maybe they're not like, run militaristically, like, yeah. you better get those Amazon packages out. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, they're stressful in that when you're in high school, you think high school is the only thing that exists. Right. And you think the girls or boys there are the only thing that exists. And you think that making the football team or making the cast of a play or making the you know academic whatever your deal is yeah. you think that's the only fucking thing that exists and you think getting into college is the only fucking thing that exists and so it is it is quite stressful even though literally the moment they hand you the fucking piece of paper and the robe you're like Oh God! This was all for nothing, right? You need so like there maybe does need to be like some sort of way that we figure like refigure out how schools work, where we make them realize that this is just your education. This mm -hmm. is just one third of your day. You're going to move on and do something else. And if you don't graduate, well, you should probably graduate. But if you don't go to college, that's fine. And if you don't date anyone, that's fine. And if you don't even realize what your sexual orientation is for another five years, that's fine. You know, it's all fine. And maybe. People wouldn't like shoot up a school because like someone didn't go out to prom with them. Yeah, there's you don't you don't have a whole lot of perspective. When and, yeah. What's frustrating about that is, I think you're right that there needs to be something like that in place in schools, and I think it's kind of what the don't blame mental health, blame men. That's kind of what that article's calling for. She's kind of saying, well, there's these factors that are weighing on men that are causing them to do this. So say that in the article. Like, offer a right. solution. Like, right. why not put people in every fucking high school specifically for men? Right. For sp specifically to deal with dudes with rage issues. Or even yeah. just to have a, a competing voice. Like, something that... Because right. we, we can't go on... I mean, we can't right now. There's no realistic way we could do this in any recent time frame to, like, police what everybody's doing. So, like, yeah. Right. You just need... It would it would be a huge. I'm not gonna say you just need it, but it would be a huge help to have just something in place that is a competing voice to all the radicalization that some of right. these murderers are encountering online. Just like, hey, look, just anything, any kind of program. I mean, it's gonna have it's to that. like socialize them and be like, hey, this is 
like give them some perspective and be right. like this ev- all the pressure you're feeling right now it's it's not going to last man <laughs> it's my, like my high school actually did a really good job of this and i went to like a pretty small school district in california and they kind of made available to seniors they you had there was this mandatory class that was called life skills and you literally just was like it was like one final like these are what condoms are this is what these are what taxes are you have to pay them next year you, you know these are these are what mental they kind of explain what mental health was just on a broad level and that you don't have to feel bad about like going to a therapist and the teacher was like if you want to like talk to a therapist or whatever I can recommend someone like and they cool. went yeah. out of their way to have like a cool guy teach the class who's just like very fatherly and approachable and just like they kind of just teach you how to live and how to be an adult and and whenever kids in our school took the class they like really chilled out a lot and if anything they should have had the class for like freshmen right you should have that all through yeah Yeah, and it's weird that it it, that it's a class that they had and i obviously like making the transition from high school to the rest of your life is is scary but maybe it's something that schools should hire just like one extra or two extra people to sort of just Take yeah, the stigma yeah. out of, like, a counselor, like, because you just think counselors are I've lame. Seen, well, and I've seen st- a lot of that online where it's like, oh, you want to have mental health counselors in high school. It's like, what well, was the last time a guidance counselor did everything? It's like, okay, again, you're stopping the conversation. Yeah. And those are two different things. Yeah. A guidance counselor and a mental health counselor are completely different things. Right. Well, I also, I feel like the way the post office handled this is really, really good news for schools, if we apply it. Yeah. Because schools have actual support staffs like that. To some extent, and you can maybe train people up or build out it and stuff. Yeah. Like, like, I don't think postal workers had, like, mental health counselors or or help in general in their jobs. You just show up and punch in and punch out and work, and they still fixed it. Like, that's great news for schools where we can make kids go see people who can help them. Yeah, and that's why I think the the post office is so interesting, because it's especially for schools as a thing, because it's such a diverse population. And you're dealing with so many different types of people. It's it's never going to be just even if they're both white males. There's something different going on with both of their stories sure. that caused them to shoot up a school. Yeah. And I put another link in the notes about a project they did in Boston for a long time. They had a huge problem with youth homicides in Boston, like people under 18 fucking murdering people. And it wasn't them going into their high school and shooting up people, but it was still kids murdering people at a fucking alarming rate. Mm -hmm. And what they did, instead of making it a police issue, they started monitoring kids at school for signs that they might start tending toward violence. And they just went out and sent someone out to talk to those kids to be like, Hey, you know you're not going to murder anyone, are you? Because like you shouldn't do that. Like, oh, what a liberal perspective! I know what a fucking libtard agenda. Speak they... to them about not killing people. Oh, uh, I know. <sighs> Youth violence dropped by seventy nine percent. Is that a lot? That is quite a bit, <laughs> and it stayed down for the entire time this program was in place. And then they eventually like hired a fucking or elected like a Republican governor or something and Mitt. gutted the program. Probably, right? Mitt. Yeah, well, it was 2009, so probably not. 2009 oh, was when they finally guy, uh, cut it. I that think. guy Baker. Yeah. He's the guy. And But up to that point, it was a rousing fucking success, and all they did was go out and talk to these kids. And these are kids, like, if this, this isn't, we're not even talking about mass shooters here. We're talking about kids who were most likely living in cycles of poverty that had lasted generations. Like these are like inner city kids in Boston living in the fucking projects whose parents were poor. Their grandparents were poor. Their great grandparents were poor. There's drugs in their neighborhood and it still worked just going out and talking to them. It didn't eliminate the problem. You're never going to eliminate the problem, but even if that's not technically a mental health issue or a mental health approach, it's close enough. Like I think yeah. it's what a well, lot of people have in mind when they yeah, say it's mental health. Yeah. It's just it's, it's all fucking reach out to these people before they start shooting. Yeah. Emotional health is mental health. It's yeah. the same thing. 
Yeah. And and like we were saying that somebody who does a mass shooting, they're sort of self-diagnosing as a mental health issue. Like, yeah, someone's incredibly poor. Right. We can just go ahead and recognize that as a mental health issue. We don't need yeah. to, like, run them through a battery of tests or something. Right. It's tough. You you get to the point where you're like, I'm going to murder 20 people. It's like, you are not emotionally healthy. Yeah. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> and if somebody's broke, like, they're probably working on it as best they can, but we can just guess that it's stressful. Like, we don't need to <laughs> yeah, yeah. send someone with a clipboard to figure it out. Bad times. Yeah. Hey, Brett, should we do comments? Oh, yeah. You know, it's a big world out there. It's easy to feel like the things you say don't even matter, you school-shooting fucks. But I want you to know that's not true. Please don't. That's why we call this segment <laughs> Your Voice Matters, where we read your stupid fucking comments from last week's show and respond to them personally. Personally. Fade it out, Brad. Personally. Was that too late? Oh, was that hey, bad oh timing? come on. Oh, I was, no, I was waiting sorry. even longer. Sorry. Stepping on toes. <laughs> All right, Brett's going to read the comments this week. All right. Um, Did you say alt-right? <laughs> yeah. We're, this is weird. What a weird way to start. But go on. And Bangston says, WTF, what is that intro? Oh, I responded. Oh, this is from the episode, uh, Who is George So? I responded. Where is the robot? I responded to this very angrily in the morning, and I'm sorry, Ann Bankston. It was just the first thing I read when I woke <laughs> up. But uh, yeah, I had I had been I, I got off tour, and then I had to move immediately. And then one aspect of the last time I moved that I didn't have that I, I have now, I also had to rebuild the studio. And uh, in the midst of all that, we recorded an episode. And we got done recording, and I packed up all the mobile recording shit, and then realized I didn't do the intro. And I was like, fuck that intro. I'm not putting that recording equipment back together. And so I had a robot do it. And it caught some people off guard. It's not my fault you live in fucking Norway, and when I put the episode up at 10 o'clock at night, it's like 8 a.m. for you. Like, what? Because she said she was caught off guard. It's extra surprising early morning. In the morning, and... Yeah, but, you know, no one asked you to live in Norway. They have hot dogs in other countries. You'll be fine. <laughs> we love you, Ann Bengtson. Thank you for uh, – she, she came to a coat hangers show that I was at. Oh, that's awesome. Everyone should support like the coat Like from Norway, hangers. too. She helicoptered from Norway, rappelled down to the coat hangers it's a show. Long, long helicopter <laughs> flight. Yeah, yeah. A lot of refueling in between. I just assume they changed helicopters midair. Well, you're fucking stupid. Jesus. Oh, that's stupid. That's the best idea. Ever. <laughs> Boy. It's finally got contentious talking about helicoptering from Norway. <laughs> now we're getting to the important topics. We love you, Anne. Thank you for your uh, support. But also get off my back. <laughs> yes, thank you for your support. Beaker is back at it. Meep, meep, meep. Meep, 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 meep. That's, the, that's what he says. All right. What? Beaker? I don't understand. You know, the, the like Muppet? the Muppet? Muppet. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Christopher Shoup says, you do not want the Whigs back. They had four presidents. One died after 30 days in office. He was succeeded by a guy who refused to do what his party said and was ejected from the party. One died in office after eating too many cherries, Zachary Taylor. And one signed into yeah, law did. the Fugitive Slave Act. Not a good presidential record. Two of those three sound kind of cool. Two, I mean, two of them that the died from eating too much cherries. Zachary That's Taylor, just, man, he was a handsome man too. Man, you're just that you was know, like that was like he's his, a pioneer. That was his platform. Was cherries? Eat a bunch look, look of cherries? Guy. No, look, 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 oh, look yeah. how handsome this guy. Is. <laughs> yeah, and William Henry Harrison too was like it was like I think the story is like it was a really cold inauguration day, and they're like, "You want a jacket?" And he's like, "I will not have a jacket. I'm a man." And got a cold and died. <laughs> or got pneumonia and died from the cold during his inauguration. Yeah. Because Harrison and Taylor roughly it, yeah. are both from like the old phenomenon of us just electing cool generals. But that used to be a lot of presidents. Was yeah. just anybody who's a cool general from the last war. They're the you president. cool general. And worked great with Eisenhower. Other times, not so much, you know? Yeah. Make a statue of you riding a horse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, those, those are the only good ones. All right. Those are the only good comments? No. Man, we we're, we're no. I'm just no. glad we're I'm not reading weeks. some of these. I'm just not. <laughs> <laughs> Are they too long? Yeah, they're long, and I don't agree with what they say. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That that usually keeps That's me from fair. reading comments. That's fair. 
yeah, go punchy. Talking about how many of them are about helicopters? None. Oh well, that's fucked up. That's a real shock. (laughs) I request next week. Let's get some helicopter comments, or we're not reading comments anymore. Nope. Yeah, call it a Huey. It's a cool thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This was. What else is going on? Oh, I don't know. We chat about some stuff. Nah, we can probably wrap it up. Has anyone seen anything good on TV lately? I watched Ocean's Eight yesterday. Oh, how was that? It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Um, Okay. If you just want to watch another Ocean's movie, it's that. Um, But it's like, you know, no no stakes or anything. It's just like they're gonna steal another thing, and they do. They steal the thing. So Brett hates women. We have that. (laughs) No, I like that movie. Confirmed. I just saw the first season of Three Percent. Way into it. Oh, I haven't watched it's it. It's a Netflix show. It's Brazilian, but it's also a dystopia Brazilian. about how, kind of about how capitalism is bad. And oh, it's nice. also very, very good. Yeah. Subtitles? Uh, yeah, I prefer it subtitled. Yeah. You mean as opposed to? As opposed to dubbed. Yeah. Oh, okay. I watched oh, the yeah, second yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't just I speak Portuguese. Low, no, I thought you were low-key. No, no, spoke Portuguese. <laughs> are, there, are there subtitles as opposed to it? Or yeah, there's all the options. You can get it dubbed oh, you can or do subtitled. Both. Yeah, because yeah. dubbed is garbage. I don't like yeah, that. It's is crap. Because I think everyone's acting very well, and you can only tell if it's their actual voice. Yeah, I, yeah. I watched Dark. Anyone watch Dark on Netflix? No, I haven't. It's fantastic. It's incredible. But my girlfriend had started watching it dubbed, and we just got so used to the voice actors that we just finished it oh. dubbed, even though it's like not. It's it's not. It's weird. Can it's you just, switch that to subtitles? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that because that, that's why I stopped watching Dark because I turn. Normally, if there's something with subtitles, it just gives me the subtitles. I think they want you to watch it, and I think I don't want to do that. The thing is that with way. with <laughs> with TV a lot. In, I mean, or just in my Hello, house. Hello, I am German. But with TV, in yeah, it's like <laughs> Klaus, Klaus, come here. <laughs> uh, I think with TV in a lot of people's houses, it's sort of something they just kind of throw on, and. Um, they, you know, I'll, I'll look at my phone for a few minutes or whatever. So with the the shows with the subtitles, you end up missing a lot of stuff because you glance at your phone. Yeah. So it is, I, I, you know, I don't mind. I like watching foreign movies and stuff like that. So I usually don't mind the subtitles. But even watching the Americans, which is probably a quarter in Russian, like, right? I always have to sort of nudge my girlfriend to be like, oh, fucking Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oleg's Oleg's got some shit to do. Oh, shout out to Oleg Biroff. Raising hell on Homeland these days. <laughs> Hasn't aged a bit since the 80s. Mm. <laughs> That's deep, deep references. <laughs> it's a deep cut. It's a deep Only cut. for people who watch Homeland vigorously. Like I do. <laughs> All right. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? Uh, Patreon.com slash unpops. We'll be back to doing live streaming and things now that we're getting settled into the new studio. Me and Brett will have a new customer service episode coming up soon. What number should you call for that? I think you would want to call 505-386-7677. Oh, that's 505-3 on Pops, if I just kind of do that mapping of the letters right Or, now. if I'm thinking correctly, I think also 505-Fun Pops would yeah, work 505 also. Yeah, 505-Fun Pops is, is where it's at. Fun Pops is a good one. Call, the, call that number. Any three of those numbers will work. You can leave us a voicemail, and we're going to answer them on the next customer service episode, which will be coming up later this month, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i want to tell siri to call fun pops i hope you don't have your phone with you because that's happened a couple times where people have made a siri do something joke and siri does it because their phone is sitting right there usually chet wild <laughs> almost predominantly chet wild uh, he would alex what do you have to plug uh my website's alex it has show dates and more check it out i will <laughs> tom what do you got to plug uh, patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. That's me and Dave's uh, streaming and podcast. And you can check podcasts, podcasts out uh, story mode on Apple and SoundCloud. That has all of our shows on it. And on- best bad movie ever will be back soon. It will be. Probably yeah. by the time Probably this by the time up. you hear this, yeah. Because this isn't going up for another week or so. So, yeah. Brett, do you have anything? Oh, guys. The season <laughs> of Big Brother. <laughs> it's heating up. It's getting started. BB20, hashtag BB20, it's starting my podcast. Hey Julie is hitting the interwebs again. Follow it on Twitter at HeyJulieBB. Just download it. Subscribe to it on your local podcast. Just do it. Just do it. Wow. I'm talking about Big Brother. It's a stupid show. You can watch it. And uh, it's all good and fun times. Okay, goodbye. Why wouldn't you just download it? Yeah. Just download it. Guys, just what happened? It. Just download <laughs> it. What's going on? <laughs> just download it. I'm so scared. 
All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Brett, say goodbye. Goodbye. Alex, say goodbye. Goodbye. Tom, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Wow.